0: You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host Chris Moody, and today I'm very excited to talk with Aaron Pryor on revolutionizing finance, AI's impact on marketing, personalization, and security. Erin serves as the Chief Marketing Officer at First Horizon Bank and is responsible for corporate-wide marketing, brand management, and client experience. She leads a team that creates and executes marketing and client experience strategies, supporting the bank's brand and business objectives. With over 20 years of experience in the finance, banking, and media industries, Erin has demonstrated success in businesses of all sizes, from startups to Fortune 100 enterprises, and prior to joining First Horizon, which is my bank of choice, uh, just personal note there for everyone on the podcast, Aaron led the brand and go-to-market strategy development for USAA Bank. Aaron, I'm very excited to talk with you today. Thanks to, for joining us.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. And I just noticed your Ted Lasso uh, sign on your door. I'm loving that too. Um, And thank you for uh, choosing us to be your bank of choice.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. Um, I almost held up my debit card, and then I realized that was probably not a good idea since this is on video. I was going to be like, look, see, it's proof.
0: People are like freeze frame and writing it down. (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
1: That's right. They could take all $10. But uh, (laughs) So... You know, I I think it's always interesting to talk to folks in financial services and you have a background in journalism and communications, which may have been a serendipitous start. But could you tell us a little bit about what led you to financial services?
0: Yeah, um, I kind of think this is my second career. Um, I got into banking. uh, If you would have asked me, I guess now. 13 years ago, if I would have ever worked in banking, I would have laughed. I'd have been like, what? No. Um, I had worked at Sports Illustrated. I'd worked at um, the New York Times. I had worked for some other publications, a niche publication company. uh, And I just was kind of looking for something that was next. And um, I played volleyball in college and I uh, used to coach some club volleyball just kind of for fun and to give back. You know, I've had a lot of people who've done a lot of great things for me. And I was chatting with uh, with somebody and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm looking for something new. And they were like, hey, we know somebody who's starting a bank. And I was like... I don't know about that, and they're like, you should meet you should meet him. he's great he's he he started and sold a bank right before the crash in two thousand and eight for a billion um he's 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 a really smart guy, and I was like, oh, okay, so um the rest is history i i I met his name is Stephen Gordon he was the CEO of opus Bank and he was he I had lived in New York after college. Uh, I lived in New York after college, but I went there with no money, no job. And I sold my car. and I told my parents I was either going to make it or come home. It was either that or going to play professional volleyball overseas. And I really wanted to move to New York. And so I, I made it. I was able to stay. But he had a very similar story. And he was like, you seem like you're willing to take some risk. Would you be open to coming and being um, a, what ultimately was a management trainee for his startup bank? And um, it was probably the best decision I've ever made. He was, I was like, well, I'll give it a year, and if I don't like it, I'll, I'll quit. I'll, I'll do something else. Um, and 13 years later, here I am. So, uh, yeah, it's, it was kind of a. I always tell people careers are not linear. They're definitely uh, more of the zig or the zag for sure.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love the volleyball tie there too. And I even have a sports illustrated. Boom. Look at the personalization <laughs> yeah. yes. on this podcast, just everywhere. Yeah. I well, I love that story. And I, I know that previously we had talked with you about AI and how you think about using AI in banking and financial services. So, how has AI transformed the sector and maybe the traditional sales and marketing strategies that might have changed with current marketing trends? Yeah, you
0: know. AI has changed marketing because it increases the speed at which we ingest and use the data. Um, and it allows for that more relevant one-to-one uh, messaging. And, you know, I think there's been a lot of, of machine learning, AI, all the things in marketing for quite some time, specifically with um you know programmatic advertising um, that you know they've been using a lot of those models for for quite some time. But there's just so much more opportunity now to implement um the tool and the technology into the everyday um, experience, if you will, for the prospects and the clients. Um you know, I think, AI has become such a nebulous word. Uh, I think it's kind of one of those hot, you know, buzzwords that's picking up a lot of it's like, what does it mean? What is AI? Um, and so, yeah, so we're looking at it more and to enhance the things we do, you know, our marketing, uh, marketing can use it in any industry, but banking specifically is highly regulated um you know the privacy of our clients is critical the trust is in you know is super important um so we're we're being very thoughtful about how we use it and, and how we test it so um like i mentioned we also have we've tested it in uh you know marketing content creation you get a lot of stories like i hear people telling me about their their high school uh kids you know trying to write their <laughs> their papers with ai Uh, But when you're trying to get a message, message, you know, doing marketing messaging or content that is relative to another person, um, it's really important to have that emotion in it. And so we've done a few tests there. uh, But so far, it's 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 provided a great outline for content, but it needs to be enhanced by a human.
1: Yeah, I, I love the enhanced by a human. That's something we talk about a lot. At demand base too, where, you know, it's great that we have AI. It's great that we have all this technology. But at the end of the day, people do buy from people. And yeah. I, I know that some folks are saying eventually bots will buy from bots. But I, I do think there's always this human element. And you mentioned regulation and also the data that you have. So you could probably... In in a non-regulated industry, you would know way too much about me as a customer. You could see every dollar that I spend every time I swipe my debit card. But when you think about personalized experiences and the the importance of that for your customers, how are you using AI to leverage everything you have in the data you're available to or you are allowed to access? Let me make sure that's a very key distinction with the regulation So making sure that you are always in compliance and sticking to the the regulations in your industry.
0: You know, really, it's about the internal data and models to better understand the client. Um, So think predictive insights to enable the tailored messaging um, and really the next best action. So what is the next best thing for the client based on what they need or based on what they're really the data showing us what they need? Uh, and so we're using it in a lot of areas around like personalization on our website. So if you were to visit the website, you were to look at a few things, when you come back, you'd see a message directed towards you and kind of what you're you're looking to do. Um, using some of those same insights around, um, you know, other channel messaging, maybe it's an email or being able to tell the banker, hey, we think you're your client maybe be interested in, in doing this. Maybe you should have a conversation with them um, to help the banker be more aware and to, to really continue to build that relationship. Um, but to the point, you know, privacy and security are critical. And, you know, trust is a huge part of banking. Um, it is about the relationship and building that trust. It's not a one time transaction where a lot of retail um, you know, it's not a retail purchase necessarily where I'm going, I'm buying, and then I might come back again at some point to buy again. It's this is a constant iteration, it's people's money. Um, and it's really helping them to build their financial life. You know, I do get asked, I made I kind of made the comment earlier about I never thought I'd be in banking. And then sometimes people are like, is banking boring? And I was like, you know what? It really isn't, because you're helping people, everybody, money. Everybody needs money to, you know, pay their bills and to do everyday life things. But it's also, you know, if you have a child going to college or saving for college, you're buying a house, you're saving for retirement, your business, you need to pay your employees, all the things. Right. And so how do you um, help enable the clients to get to, to to get to what their goal is? Um, And that is about trust. It's about learning to understand each other. And so, you know, we are working on an enterprise AI strategy across the organization. Um, But for marketing, we just really want to understand the client and what's important um, to them and how to reach them. But we also want to respect the boundaries um, of the clients because you don't want to feel invasive. I think we've all probably had an experience somewhere at some point um, specifically probably in the last 12 to 18 months where you're like, oh, I don't know if I really, that's a little too close. Like you can back up a little bit. So it's finding that balance from marketing right now. It's finding that balance.
1: I, I love the balance. I love a lot of what you hit on because money is a very personal yeah. thing, but at the same time with the data you have, there are probably very specific next best actions to to your point. You may know, This person should look into this type of savings account or they're going to have kids going to college. Do you think that AI might actually lead to more personal interaction? Because you talked about trust and a lot of folks do like to sit in a room and talk to the person who's responsible for their money. Do you see a connection where the technology may actually lead to a resurgence of that relationship?
0: Our, our whole company is based, our purpose is about providing capital and counsel to our clients. And that is through the bankers, it's through the relationship. And the other channels are meant for you. You, you want to interact. We want the client to interact, just like you and I. Like I may not walk into a banking center for a year, but the minute I have an issue and I need to talk to somebody, I'm going to pick up the, call, the phone and call my banker, right? Or if I need to... Um, hey, I'm going on a big trip and I need to move some money, or, or my company, whatever it may be, right? You want to talk to somebody. And so we really do focus on the relationship of the client with the banker. I mean, that's the value. It's the human touch. It's somebody sitting down and walking through with you. But to your point, by the using some of the predictive AI, we can help the bankers have the information they need or the tools they need to be able to to enhance that conversation and, and get there quicker, like, hey, we here's what here's what this person is saying. here's what they need. here's what they are doing. We think this would be the best thing, but hey, the banker will take a look at that and then work with the client to to come to the right solution. It's not about pushing a product. It's about enhancing the relationship and helping the client and or the individual or the business um, meet their goal, whatever that objective and goal is.
1: That could you share any insights into challenges and opportunities that AI is bringing to your industry? So when we think about banking and financial services, you know, and maybe how organizations effectively address potential privacy or security concerns when they think about using AI.
0: Yeah, I think an enhancement is really brand safety and fraud protection. Um, you know, the AI, AI technology leverages the data and helps to prevent the fraud activities, like you know, for for advertising or, or for other certain things like bot traffic or click fraud. And we can we can see if somebody's you know card or account or, or something is being oddly you know having odd behavior, but also. Um, there's just, and there's, there's ways to look at, you know, some of the spending patterns. How often have you had, maybe you're in a new city and you'll get some sort of alert saying, Hey, or is this really you or, you know, something like that. So there's a lot of, I think a lot of opportunity to enhance and help help keep people, um, more safe. Um, I think that we have to be careful. Like I mentioned, the, the organization, we're looking at how we are utilizing AI, collectively. Uh, I do think there, you've got to be, you've got to, we have a data responsibility um, and we take that very seriously here. So we've got governance around how we use data. Um, And I think banking probably more so than any or most industries um, is probably a little slower on the adoption because of that, which is the right thing. If, in my opinion, it's it's being thoughtful about how we're using it and what we're doing because we do have a lot of, to your point, it's very personal data and we have to be good stewards of that data to it goes all back to the trust to have, make sure that we're, you know, holding, gaining and holding the trust of our clients.
1: I have a question going all the way back to volleyball too. i uh, you know, I, I worked for KL for a couple of years in college. I was around a lot of very competitive athletes my entire life. I've played a lot of sports. I have a lot of friends who played sports. I would love for you to share some of the the great learnings from playing very competitive volleyball that are helping you now in your career, because I always find great parallels between sports and business. We talked about Ted Lasso earlier, yeah. too.
0: I love that show. Um yeah, there's there's so many going through it when you're, you know, when you're playing sports. And, and this is really at any level. You don't have to necessarily be a collegiate athlete or a professional athlete. I mean, it's high school, all the things. It's teamwork. It's communication. It's time management, responsibility, accountability. Um, you know, all of those things play such a huge part in life and specifically in business and i you know at the time there were times when i was playing in college and you're like man this is such a grind but looking back i mean a i wouldn't trade it because the memories were incredible but b i wouldn't trade it for all of the lessons that i learned um coming out of there i mean really the two big ones for me are teamwork uh you know just you learn how to work with others and how to sometimes you push sometimes you you sit and you become, you know, part of the audience and, and you're a, a, you know, a player, not the coach. And, um, and sometimes, you know, you just, it, it just teaches you kind of how to work through that. And then uh, the second is communication, because you're going to deal with all different types of people, all different types of communicators. Ultimately, you're still working through the same goal, just like you were in sport. Um, and, and, and it's about, you know, just kind of managing through that, and I think that it has just been a valuable value. It's been, it has. I don't think it has been a valuable um, part of my life, and and definitely a huge, um, made a huge impact on my career track.
1: Great advice, uh, especially I coach youth sports, basketball and baseball, so. Lots of things for me to continue to build on to help build the future leaders that we'll all work with or for.
0: (laughs) You know what I tell people a lot of times? um, We have some of these conversations even within my team today. It's like, I remember a coach telling me, you know, you don't all have to be best friends. And it's true. You don't. You don't all have to be best friends. But you all have to work towards the common goal. And you know what? You can disagree, and that's okay. And you know what? You're going to disagree. And then you can walk off the court, and you can go... Um, go have a burger or go to lunch or have a coffee or whatever it is you want to do it's It's okay to have that it's just that communication and that kind of hey, leave it on the field. and i I feel like that's critical too, as you move through life.
1: I love that. I love that. Very important things for us to remember in the day to day too. <laughs> You're right we, we love closing out the show with a couple consistent questions. and the first, it's about any great reads. So is there a book, blog, newsletter, website or video that you would recommend to our listeners?
0: Well, I love um I read every morning The Morning Brew and I also read Fortune CEO Daily. Um I don't know, just good quick hit nuggets, right? Um on what's going on in the world. And then podcasts, I really like I got to plug our Bucket Listening. <laughs> so we have a podcast bucket listening where we interview some of our clients like and that stemmed from an event that we hosted and we we bring in a bunch of ceos and from our of our of our companies that that bank with us and i was sitting across from a couple and just listening to their stories and i'm like man how often do you sit across from somebody and be like how did you get where you are and uh so we we started a podcast talking with a lot of those individuals uh, on how they got where they are. So it's CEOs, we have some professional athletes, we've got coaches of, um, of, of you know, major NCAA sports and in others on the podcast. But uh, so it's pretty interesting. So I, I would I would give that one a plug. <laughs>
1: We'll definitely do that. I'll check that one out as well. And then very similar question, but around people. Are there any people that are inspirational to you, specifically if they're in the B2B space, but folks that you think we should also have on the show?
0: You know, I I thought a lot about this. There's so many people that I just think are awesome. I mean, and I learn from people every day internally here at First Horizon, but just, you know, across my career. I'm working right now. We're working with a um, with a technology implementation partner uh, called EMS Consulting. And their CEO, Elaine Meyerback, is just pretty incredible. She's a very strong woman. She started at Kodak, I believe. Uh, She uh, is in technology. And and she has built just a really incredible company that partners with Salesforce and, and does a lot of their implementation. And I just think she has a really interesting story.
1: It's a great one. I'm, I'm sure there are some very complicated stories she could share, too, thinking about Salesforce and how some people use it well and some do not. So that's yeah. that would be great to dig into. All right. And then the most important question for the folks who want to get in touch with you after the podcast, where's where's the best place to find you?
0: You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I think it's linkedin.com, the backslash in backslash Aaron Prior one word. Um, or you can find my email on the First Horizon and website.
1: All right. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We really, really appreciate you joining the podcast.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. DemandBase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can
0: also find us on YouTube and DemandBase TV.